Hey, I'm Zanzi, and welcome to Farmer's Inside Track, episode 199. I'm your host, Donumdu. Now, in this edition, we meet Trenton Birch, the CEO and co-founder of Shiba Cannabis Academy. He shares an industry overview, how we're progressing in Mzanzi, and how new producers can break into the market by joining cannabis clubs and the medical cannabis sector. Trenton Birch, it's absolutely a pleasure to have you here with me on Farmers Inside Track. You are the CEO and co-founder of Shiba Cannabis Academy. Maybe just an introduction as we kick off who you are, where you started in agriculture, and what got you into cannabis. Shiba Africa, one of the leading educators in Africa for cannabis and hemp education. I originally from Johannesburg, but spent parts of my childhood in Nigeria and Kenya and the Middle East. And so quite a cosmopolitan dynamic upbringing. I wasn't really into agriculture from an early point. What I was very into was food. So very strong opinions on food. I believe that the food industry should be tried for genocide because I believe, you know, since the Industrial Revolution, we've been poisoned by the food industry. I'm very concerned about the level of toxins in our food, especially fresh fruit and vegetables. I'm also acutely aware of the seed mafia to have an impact on developing countries trying to control, you know, genetics. I'm very into organic food, clean food. I'm an amateur, you know, home grower in terms of food. Cannabis, I got into at a very young age. I won't say how young because it was a bit too young. I come from the music industry originally, so cannabis and music were always very closely related to deal with stress and anxiety and also to unlock sort of creativity. At the time, I didn't really understand that that's what it was for. But I've had a very long journey with cannabis. I've been arrested for cannabis. I've been on marches for cannabis many, many years ago. So it's an area that I've always had some kind of connection to. I've never been a stoner. You know, I'm a high octane, fit human being. So I've never sort of been that uh, archetype stoner on the couch. But I do find it, it helps me balance, you know. So it's been quite a long journey for me. Absolute pleasure to get to know you a little bit as we introduce the topic and have this conversation around the industry. And I'm looking forward to get another opportunity to talk to you and learn more about who you are and this amazing journey that you've been on. Let's give our audience, our listeners, an overview of the current status on the cannabis and hemp industries in South Africa. So firstly, I mean, from a legislation perspective, it's a very frustrating situation, to be honest. Ramaphosa has mentioned cannabis and hemp twice in his uh, State of the Nation addresses. But in terms of what's moved forward, very, very little has moved forward in the last two, three years. That is frustrating. I am aware, you know, we, we work quite closely with government officials and We are aware that there is stuff happening in the background. I was involved in the master plan, the redraft of the master plan, and the head of kind of the education pillar, but that got derailed in the middle of last year. There's two sides to the industry. There's the cannabis side and the hemp side. It's the same plant, but different applications. The hemp side of the industry has absolutely incredible potential to revolutionize the way we do many, many things. It is one of the most disruptive industries of our time. It is going to take time to come online. But, you know, you can essentially replace fuel, you can feed people with with hemp, you can build, you can clothe. The uses of hemp are absolutely mind-blowing. And from a sustainability perspective, it is vitally important that we bring on sustainable products. You know, we have a a toxic plastic industry. We have, you know, fast fashion, the uh, fashion industry with lots of waste, cotton. Obviously, the petrol chemical industry is toxic. So hemp has the opportunity to replace all of those sectors in terms of where things are at at the moment in South Africa, there are about 300 hemp licenses that have been issued. We missed last season because they were issued too late. Unfortunately, we've missed this season in terms of growing cultivation because we've had a challenge with seed supply. 
So you can get a hemp license. It's pretty entry level in terms of cost. You need a fence around your property, but you also grow hemp at volume. So you need hectares and hectares of hemp to make money. The challenge with the hemp industry at the moment is production. So once you've grown the plant, you have low-tech applications that you can do at a fairly basic level. But if you want to start taking it up to industrializing it, the gear and the processing equipment is quite expensive. So that's kind of the hemp side. So we've missed this season. I'm very hopeful that we'll sort the seed crisis out and that by next season, which is kind of towards the end of the year, we'll put more plants in the ground. Processing will figure itself out. On the cannabis side, with sort of the THC cannabis side, it's a little bit more complicated because you're dealing with a psychoactive uh, component and you've also got the pharmaceutical industry in the background trying to control. And this is one of the most disruptive plant medicines that, that the uh, pharmaceutical industry will ever see, I think, can does. They are always trying to block it and slow it down and you know, they, they don't want it to come online. So at the moment, as a South African resident, you are legally allowed to grow your own cannabis at home for private use. You cannot sell or trade that cannabis. Now, the challenge is, is that you might not be able to grow. You might have a job that takes too much time. You might live in a flat. You might live in a shack. So the only way at the moment you can get cannabis that's quasi-legally, and I'll unpack that in a minute, is by joining the Cannabis Club. The Cannabis Club needs to be a non-profit. You join the non-profit, and then members within that club cultivate your cannabis on your behalf. So essentially, you can still pay salaries and tax, and like you would with any non-profit, but you are not profiteering from the sale of responsible adult-use cannabis. That club model is being stress-tested at the moment in court, but it is a model that's worked internationally very, very well. There are over 200 clubs in South Africa at the moment. So that is the only kind of adult-use market outside of medical. In terms of medical, you can grow medical cannabis, but you need a license. That is a very, very expensive process. You know, you are looking at spending anything on building a farm from 10 to, I think the most expensive cannabis farm I've been to is 260 million rand. It's a big boy game. There's a lot of money involved. You're essentially growing medicine. You're creating plant factories and it's onerous. And the challenge at the moment is there's no local market. So everything you grow here, cultivate, has to be sent overseas on what's called an off-take agreement. At the moment, most of those, you know, Europe is the biggest market for us. But uh, there are certain standards that we have to grow into, which are very high and very expensive. And then you can, uh, there is a small market growing here where you can go to your doctor and if you have a certain, certain ailments that SAPRA, who are the regulatory body for cannabis, will sign off. The doctor sends the form to SAPRA. If SAPRA signed it off, then you can, as a patient, order cannabis from clicks and from Discan, which most people don't know. Those numbers of medical patients are fractional here. You know, we're probably talking less than 1,000, maybe just over 1,000. But that is something we'll start to increase. So that's kind of a broad-based, quick understanding of where it's at. And I hope that gives you some insight. Yeah, no, definitely. It's given me lots of insight. And you've also answered my next question around the importance of the industry. But just to comment on a few aspects, I've spoken to a number of growers or agriculturalists who has gotten these licenses, but there are so many challenges that comes with it. And I've come across yeah. these clubs that you've also mentioned. So it's very interesting to hear you talk about it and giving me, you know, a little bit more context as to how it's working and how it's operating. So I'm going to pick your brain more on this. Definitely, Trenton. Now, let's yeah, talk about the importance of the industry and also how you see it growing in a way. You are saying that we're not where we should be, but what do you see the future looking like? Let's talk about THC cannabis. We have a global reputation already for THC cannabis. If you walk into a coffee shop in Amsterdam, you will see Durban Poison, which is a land race strain from, uh, from South Africa. 
on every menu. And there's a big strain in California called Girl Scout Cookies, one of the most famous strains. That is a hybrid of uh, OG Kush and uh, Durban Poison. So we, are, we have a reputation for good genetics. We have also been exporting tons and tons and tons of cannabis illicitly for the last you know, 50, 60 years, predominantly out of the Pondoland region into Europe. South African cannabis has already made its name, earned its stripes, much like the, the Mexicans have earned in, in North America. So there's a huge opportunity for us to push all that into a legal space and to export to Europe. But of course, in Europe, people are also starting to grow cannabis. The, the challenge for them is they have to go indoor. So this is my opinion, and, and, it, and it's debated. I don't believe we should be growing cannabis indoor in South Africa. I think that we need to utilize the sun that we have. We do have cheaper labor costs. We do have the sunlight. So we can operationally keep our costs lower than the Europeans can. But, you know, obviously the minute you take it indoor, especially if you look at the, the situation we have with our friends at ESCOM, going indoor is a highly risky business. But, you know, we have the outdoor sun. You know, we have some amazing UV here, which can, can really uh, help our cannabis grow outside. And so I think there's huge potential for us to become a global player. But we need to get out of the country more. We need to be building those bridges. Us as an industry, we need to mobilize, we need to professionalize. When you are growing cannabis for medicinal use, consistency is everything. You know, you can't have a patient take cannabis one month and then come back to get the same brand and strain and it's completely different because it, then it just doesn't work. So those are why those stringent uh, rules are in place. I personally think that some of them are, are ridiculously high because you've got your pharmaceutical principles being pushed onto a plant. You know, at the end of the day, pharmacy is a highly accurate, measured industry. When you're dealing with the plant, I, I believe you need to deal with it in a slightly different way. But essentially, the medical export industry, I think, could be massive for us. I also believe that recreationally, the, the cannabis or, or responsible adult use, we prefer to call it, the cannabis we have in South Africa is some of the best in the world, without a doubt. You know? And I think there's a, a massive opportunity in the long run for us to export the likes of Durban Poison, Malawi Gold, Swazi Gold, etc. There's also huge potential in the recreational uh, adult responsible adult use market in South Africa. You know, At the end of the day, cannabis can be used to decrease stress, to, to help with creativity. It's not the same as alcohol where you drink 10 beers and go out and go crazy. You know, it is fun as well. A lot of people use cannabis for fun, and I think that's great. As the local market opens up, I think we'll have a very healthy local market. But the challenge is at the moment, just come out of COVID, our economy is you know, taking big strain. This is a sunrise industry, and we need it to come online now. We cannot wait anymore, you know. So we are encouraging people to put plants in the ground and just get on with it. Be compliant, put self-regulation in place, make sure your product is clean, think of the consumer at all times, and just get on with it. We cannot wait anymore. You've spoken about the opportunities for people to get into the industry, but let's talk about how easy it is to sort of get a cultivation license and what the process is of that. If it's not just me in my backyard growing, what are the other processes and how do I actually get a license? So at the moment, you know, we also run a consultancy and we get people coming to us continually asking us, I want a license, I want to grow medical cannabis. Now, the problem is the media has really hyped things up. So a lot of people think that there's big money to be made in cannabis. And there is money to be made, without a doubt. But it's a long game. It takes time. Because if you, if you start to unpack the sort of spiritual aspect of cannabis, you know, it's a teacher plant. It's a regulator. It's a bioaccumulator. It's this completely mind-blowing plant. And people who tend to try and get into the industry just to make money, we see many of them falling out, falling away. It is an industry of passion. It's not an easy space to be in. Nine out of 10 people who come to see us who want a license, I, we recommend that they don't go for it. People who come to see us who have an agricultural background, so have a farming background, have a pharmaceutical background, so understand the science and the necessities needed for growing plants in a medicinal sort of sense, 
those are the kind of people which we, we support in, in bringing this online because it is so costly. There are about 80 SARPRA licenses out at the moment, give or take. And we've heard rumors that there are about another 150 that are in the pipeline. And when you're dropping 10 to 100 million plus on a farm, you have to know what you're doing. We met some people the other week who had some money and wanted to invest, but they had absolutely no clue about cannabis. They had no parallel experience. And we encouraged them not to go that route. So sadly, the medicinal side of cannabis is pretty locked to people who have a lot of money or people who have some kind of parallel experience. Where I think there is potential, you know, which a lot of people don't realize is, is growing into a cannabis club. So we work with a specific group called Grow in Africa. They have 130 cultivators growing into them who are making a living, paying tax, paying UIF. Everything is tracked and traced. That is a real win. Just because you're a farmer and just because you like to grow five to 10 plants at home doesn't mean that you belong in a commercial cultivation facility. Most head cultivators, you know, sit sort of 60, 70% of their time behind a computer doing SOPs, sort of standard operating procedures, compliance, track and trace. And a lot of people who like growing cannabis like growing cannabis because they like touching the plants, you know. From a young farmer perspective, the opportunity to grow medicinal cannabis, to be honest, I don't mean to sort of be negative, is very, very, very low. I do believe that there have to be concessionary licenses given to legacy growers, to the Rastafarian communities, to the traditional leaders' communities, and to the Pondo land farmers and farmers that have been put cannabis on the map. And I think there will be a concessionary license to grow cannabis for those individuals. We don't know what's going to happen on the pure, responsible, adult use recreational side yet. Those options on THC are limiting. Hemp is completely different. The license is easy to get. But when you grow hemp, you can't be dazzled by the stars of CBD and THC and this whole kind of sexy cannabis industry. Growing hemp is an agricultural crop. It's the same as growing tomatoes or maize or, as somebody put it, growing orchids, you know. Then it's a completely different matrix. But then when you want to grow hemp, you've also got to understand why you want to grow hemp. If you want to grow hemp for fiber, you use different genetics. If you want to grow hemp for food, you grow different genetics, and you've also got to see what's available. So I think there's huge potential for job creation on the hemp side. But the industry is just taking its time to come online. I can definitely talk to you all day on this topic, Trenton. You were teasing earlier to say that how much time do I actually have? Just as we wrap up, your advice for farmers who are interested to start in the space, you mentioned that they can reach out to you, but how does yeah. one start and what do you do? Without being sort of self-promotive, we're obviously an education company. If you want to, to look at the space, you need to do some kind of course. You know, we have short courses that are very, very affordable. That gives you insight into the whole matrix of the industry, how it works. You know, we have people, part-time self-study. We have a flagship 12-week course on our campus in Ravonia. And we have people who come into the course wanting to be cultivators and aspiring to be head growers on commercial farms and leave wanting to do something completely different in the industry. You know, it is, I often get asked about who is our target market for our student base. And even with a strong marketing background that I have, where you always have a profile of who your audience are, I can honestly say that it is literally everybody. Because if you look at, especially on the hemp side, the amount of industries that hemp is going to touch is completely mind-blowing. There are other parts of the value chain that can be considered. You know, not everybody needs to cultivate. Processing is also a thing that farmers do on site, you know, and something that can also be added to a farm. You've got to do some research. You've got to read. You've got to watch YouTube videos. And then if you feel like, okay, this is something I really want to look at, then you've got to do a course. You've got to do something. You've got to educate yourself. It's a complex industry and courses stacked. The information is vetted. Just puts you in a much stronger position to move forward. What an absolute pleasure to have you with us here on Farmers Inside Track. Thanks, Trenton Birch, the CEO and co-founder of Sheba Cannabis Academy. 
From me, Do Numdu, our producer Megan Fundafent, and the rest of the Food Form Zanzi team have an absolutely amazing week. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans, though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.